in association with Nerds Through Comics Tiger Tales Mutants for Hire Hello everybody and welcome to Tiger Tales and today we have something new for you. Today is again a fan fiction and we are delving into the world of Marvel. Now before we dive in, none of these stories in Breach onto original content and do not mean to infringe on copyright. We are here with Mutants for Hire, a story about a man who has built a team of four mutants and these mutants will do anything for the money. Any task, as long as the money pays well. So without further ado, let's dive into the story. A story with voice casting. My very first story of voice casting and the voice actors will be credited at the end of this chapter. So let's dive into Mutants for Hire, Chapter 1, $17,326. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a group of men for any task that our taxpaying social justice system won't and cannot handle. Whether it's rescues, scaring someone, murder, maybe someone owes you money, maybe you don't feel safe, then hire these amazing mutants, a team for any mission for an any easy fee. Call the number on our screen for the Mutants for Hire now! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to New York Radio News, and I am your host, Felicity Hart. Our breaking news this evening. Gregory Jenkins, who so callously took the life of Kelly Jones just 18 months ago, has been released from prison after serving just three months. Now, for those of you who do not know who Kelly Jones is, let me tell you. Kelly Jones was a young girl who was in her final year of high school. She had just passed her exams and she was excited for her leavers day at school, where her and her friends would celebrate the year of hard work that they had done. When Gregory Jenkins grabbed her just before the bus stop, dragged her into his van, took her to a secluded area where he raped her and murdered her by slitting her throat. He left her body, her naked body, out in the open in a derelict area for wild dogs to find and for people to come across whilst walking their own dog. People, this man is as callous and as cold as they get and the reason he has been released from prison so soon is because our system has failed us. It isn't failing, it has failed. With no one on the streets to help us or save us anymore, people like Gregory Jenkins are going to be able to do what they want to do and we, ladies and gentlemen, are going to have to sit back and take it. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what is going to happen to the empty prisons. 
maybe we need to put our leaders in there. Maybe we should. Maybe we should hide out there. I don't know what's going to happen to those prisons, but I definitely do not know what is going to happen to our streets now that none of us are safe. The night sky was covered by the light layer of clouds as the snow gently fell over New York. In a small bar somewhere hidden on the side of the road just on the outskirts of the city, Ocklose was sat there next to a drunk man blabbering on about a woman he broke up with because she caught him cheating on her with their neighbour. Ocklose just started chuckling to himself. Are you laughing at me, you fool? the drunk man said. Yeah, you're quite funny, Ocklose laughed. Shut up, man, or I'll smash your face! The drunk man snapped. He stumbled off the stall and leaned into Ocklose's face. I wouldn't threaten me if I was you. Ocklose grinned. He looked at the man slightly and the man's face dropped as he saw his eyes were bright red. The man grabbed the bottle and swung it over Ocklose. The bottle shattered. Glass rained all over him. He sat there without a shudder or a flicker to his body. He sat there unscathed by the attack. My turn, Ocklose whispered. With a quick ram of his palm, the man flew across the bar crashing into several tables. The man stood slowly, blood now dripping from his forehead. Suddenly Ocklose's eyes turned from a burning red to a stunning blue, then he ran at the man at high speed. He blurred across the bar and stopped right in front of the man. This is for your wife, you cheating pig, Ocklose grunted. He then kneed the man in the stomach and then stamped on the man's head as he dropped to the floor. The man screamed in pain, blood exploded from his nose and started leaking from his head again. Ocklose turned around to see everyone staring at him. He then blurred out the door and stood several feet down the street. He stopped suddenly as his eyes returned to their normal hazel brown and Ocklose rubbed his eyes as he started to sting. Then he noticed someone was watching him. He could see a silhouette of a woman in the trees and all he could see was a stripe of white in her hair. What do you want, rogue? Ocklose called out. The woman took a few steps forward out of the shadows and revealed herself. Johnny, nice to see you. She said gently. I said, what do you want? Ocklose snapped. The professor wants to see you. Rogue told him. I don't really care. I don't want to hear it. You guys lost, okay? And half your team's gone. And what, you expect me to listen to him? Again? Ocklose barked at Rogue. Rogue stood there inside. I see a point. But you would be safe with us using your powers for the greater good. Rogue told him. Ocklose uh, laughed. Why would I do that when I just made a, myself a couple thousand just by sending a message to a cheating scumbag? Ocklose chirped. Suddenly, Ocklose's phone started ringing. He answered with a huff. What? No, sorry, Dad. Fine. I'm in the middle of something. Yes, I have the money. Yeah, okay. Bye. He sighed and hung up the phone. Look, I've got to go, okay? Don't get in our way again. You hero types are nothing now. He grunted at Rogue. He then turned around and walked away. I'll be around. Your father isn't taking you into consideration. Just be careful. Rogue called out. And the last thing I have for you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is a traffic alert. 
There will be delays, extensive delays, in Central Avenue later on this afternoon as our armed forces work with S.H.I.E.L.D. to escort an armoured vehicle. That vehicle is reported to contain some of the most advanced technology that we have seen. Recently held at the New York National Museum, it is deemed safer to move these artefacts, some of which we will never know probably, ladies and gentlemen. We know that it contains some of stock technology, possibly as Guardian technology as well. So you and I can keep guessing what's in there, but it's certainly going to use a lot of your tax money to get it moved. This is me, Felicity Hart, for New York Radio. Have a good day. Be safe on the roads. In an alleyway deep in the heart of the city, a police officer stood in the cold. He checked both entrances to the alleyway. He was nervous. Suddenly, a man walked up to him. You got my info? The officer asked bluntly. You got my money? The man asked back. Yeah, the officer muttered. He pulled out a rather thick envelope and passed it to the man. The man took the envelope and opened it. He counted the cash, closed the envelope and placed it in his coat. Now for my information. Where can I find these rogue mutants? The officer asked. Well, you see, I ain't here to give you information about mutants and their location. Because I know what you do with that information. You make those mutants your slaves for your little entertainment ring. And make thousands, maybe millions, off their pain. The man growled. What? The officer yelled in shock. He pulled out his pistol and aimed at the man. I'll kill you first, the officer growled. The man just stood there with a grin on his face. The police officer then pulled the trigger. The man swiftly placed his hand over the gun, the bullet firing into his palm. The police officer gasped with shock as the man pulled the gun out of his hand and tossed it to one side. The bullet landing on the floor, or scrunched up due to the impact. The man looked down at his palm. His skin had a slightly blue tinge to it as it stored the kinetic energy from the impact that came from the gunshot. You're, you're one of them. You're one of those freaks, the officer yelled. Oh yeah? They call me Thunderstruck. And officer, I would like to return this gift. The mutant known as Thunderstruck grinned. He then clenched his fist, the kinetic energy building up in his knuckles. He then punched the officer at full force, releasing the energy upon impact. The officer was sent flying back, hitting the wall opposite them, which cracked due to the sheer strength. And that's a tiny taste of what I can do. Thunderstruck muttered. He then walked away, leaving the officer wincing in pain as he dropped into the snow. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to New York Radio News. I am your host, Felicity Hart. It is 6pm and here is our breaking story. Earlier on this morning, I told you that there would be an armoured vehicle being moved with the help of our US Armed Forces and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That vehicle that was protected more than anything else you've ever seen protected has been stolen i repeat that armored vehicle that has used so much of your taxpayers money people has been stolen and you know what we need to worry about people we do not know what was in that vehicle that means 
some of the world's most phenomenal technology known to man has been stolen and is in the hands of we do not know who. You need to keep yourself safe. You need to keep yourselves indoors. Right now, we have special forces. We have the FBI. We have forensics at the scene. We are not even allowed to get anywhere near the street to be able to do a news report live. We have to do it here in the studio. So please avoid Central Avenue this, uh, this evening. Stay safe. We do not know what's going to happen from here on, people. Hey there, podcast listener. You enjoying what you're listening to? Well then, do I got a special treat for you. Storytime with CosplayDude637. That's me. I'm your host. And I like to tell you stories. Stories that I personally enjoy. So, buckle up. Get comfortable. Because we're going on a wild ride. In the apartment, somewhere in the city, a mutant that went by the name Benevolent Cardio, or Cardo for short, broke in via the window. He started walking around the apartment when suddenly the lamp turned on and in the corner of the room the monstrous mutant known as Sabretooth sat in the chair. Hello, Cardu. Sabretooth growled. God damn it, you made the call to steal from this apartment hoping to corner one of us. Cardo sighed. Yes, and you fell for it. <laughs> Sabretooth grinned menacingly. What you want, Fang Face? Cardo asked bluntly. Look, the Brotherhood have something going on here, and your hiring business is getting in the way. Sabretooth said. Then what? This is a threat, is it? Cardo asked sarcastically. It can be, Rant. Sabretooth grinned. Cardo shook his head and sighed once more. Well, if I ain't going to get paid, Cardo said. Sabretooth stood up and revealed his long, sharp claws and fangs. Cardo took a deep breath, and he could feel his heart race, racing, beating rapidly. Thick veins could be seen pulsing through his body. Sabretooth came running at Cardo, and dived at him with his claws out, ready to attack. Cardo jumped forward and punched Sabretooth with all his strength, sending Sabretooth flying, smashing to the wall, landing on the bed in the next room. Sabretooth stood and growled. Cardo jumped through the massive hole in the wall and punched Sabretooth hard again across the face. Sabretooth retaliated by slashing at Cardo, cutting his arm, blood seeping out of the slash marks. Sabretooth swung his claw again, but Cardo caught and punched Sabretooth in the face, then in the chest, then again once more before grabbing him by the coat and throwing him up, smashing him into the ceiling. Then as Sabretooth fell and hit the ground, Cardo kicked him hard, sending him smashing out of the window. Cardo took a big sigh of relief. He walked out of the bedroom and his heart rate slowed down. He then sat down and took a big deep breath. He counted to five, slowly. Then suddenly his heart rate picked back up once more and his scratch marks across his arms started to pitch themselves back together. Cardo waited for a couple of minutes for his wounds to fully heal. Once the scratches had completely vanished, he then walked out of the apartment. 
He started walking down the corridor when suddenly Sabretooth came smashing through the window and ran at Cardo at full speed. He leapt at him. Come here! Sabretooth roared. Cardo's heart sped up once more and big thick veins returned. He then swung at Sabretooth, punching the fanged beast of a man directly in the face, sending him flying down the hallway, landing on the floor with a hard thud. Stay down, kitty cat! Cardo muttered. Cardo then started running down the long corridor, past Sabretooth, and found his way out of the building. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to New York Radio News Live. I am your host, Felicity Hart. I am here on the corner of St. Patrick Street, outside Body Works Gym, where there is absolute chaos. There has been a murder, ladies and gentlemen, and the news on the street is... Gregory Jenkins, the murderer of Kelly Jones, has been murdered inside that gymnasium. Now, I have very little news to give you as this is breaking news. This is happening as I speak. There are still people running. I have been told, and I want you to hear me really clearly when I say this, and I will repeat myself because, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to have to repeat myself. Witnesses say that the person who killed... Gregory Jenkins looked like he had metal skin. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Witnesses say that the man who killed Gregory Jenkins looked like he had metal skin. He turned around and he said, apparently, after he killed Gregory Jenkins, he said to his friends, leave or you'll get it as well. Now... I don't know how true that is. We're going to have more news for you later as this story unfolds. But people have been seen running from a man who has metal skin. Stay tuned, everyone. Stay indoors. Stay safe. I'm here, your host, Felicity Hart, on the street. Do not come down here. It is bedlam. Stay safe, everybody. Somewhere in the gym, a big muscle-built man sat there wiping sweat off his brow with a small towel. He looked over to see another gentleman on a bench pressing some weights, putting all his energy into the training. The man walked over to the gentleman and he stood over him. You want something? The man asked. Why did you do it? The muscle-built man asked back. Why did I do what? The man grunted as he carried on lifting the weight. Why did you and your friends kill her? He asked again, with uh, his this time frowning at him. The man placed the weight down and climbed to his feet and turned to face the oddly built gentleman. Okay, ugly. You want to apologise for making assumptions about me and my boys? The man said. Suddenly the door opened and three other men walked in. Oi, fellas, listen to this. This ugly freak says we killed some girl. The man told his three friends. The room filled with laughter. See, I think we would remember if we killed a girl, the man joked. Her name was Kelly Jones, and you killed her. He screamed. Ah, yes, I remember now. <laughs> See, that's where you're wrong. We didn't kill Kelly Jones. Well, boys had nothing to do with it. I killed Kelly Jones, the man grinned. 
the muscle-built man picked up a weight with one hand and swung it, the one end colliding with the man's skull, knocking his jaw clean off, blood spewing from his mouth. The man fell to the floor, his head hitting the floor hard, and blood started spilling from his skull. The man lay dead. His three friends started screaming, one pulled out a gun and pulled the trigger several times, but the muscle-built man clenched the grip of the weight, his skin becoming the same metal alloy as the bar itself in an instant. The bullet hit him in the shoulder, bouncing off his metal skin. The three thugs stood there in shock. My name is One-Up, and if you ever step into the city again, I will find you and rip you in half! One-Up threatened. The thugs stared at the metal-skinned man, then ran out the door, the same door they came from. One up skin turned back to normal. He then pulled out his phone and sent a text which read, The job is done. Your daughter is avenged. One up walked out of the gym, leaving the jawless corpse bleeding all over the gym floor. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to New York Radio News and I am your host, Felicity Hart. It is nine o'clock and we have breaking news. Mayor Benson is on holiday in Maui with his wife and his daughter Jessica who is 16 years old and ladies and gentlemen she has been kidnapped by an armed gang. The only information I can offer you right now is that it's this afternoon at 3pm armed raiders broke into the house, tied Mayor Benson and his wife Pamela to a chair, took their daughter Screaming from the house, they put a bag over her head as they walked out the door. There has been no ransom demands, no ransom note. The gang spoke only the words, sit down and be quiet, to Mayor Benson and his wife. Nothing else was said. They are in holiday in Maui, enjoying a break. In a house that is not so taken care of in security as this house here in New York. We're concerned people with nobody on the streets to protect us, with society going the way that it is. We are concerned for this young girl. She is just 16 years old, ladies and gentlemen. That's our breaking news story for this evening. Take care of yourselves. At the Mutant for Hire's base of operation, a man known as Mr. Pocket sat there, his feet up on the table, a cigar lit in his mouth, counting his money, and stood in front of him on the other side of the table, the ex-man known as Gambit stood there. Look, you're just making this difficult, Gambit said. I do not want to listen to the bold dipshit you call a boss rambling about mutant morals, thank you very much, with his intrusive little mind of his and all, Mr. Pocket snapped. Shoot, no need to be rude. Look, Gambit and Rogue are here to stay, to help you, or to stop you, whichever comes first. Gambit snapped back. If we need your help, we will ask, Mr. Pocket told them. Suddenly, the door swung open and the four mutants walked in. Mr. Pocket jumped to his feet and ran over to the four boys. Ah yes, Gambit my boy, meet the team. We have one up, 
who can turn his skin into any matter he touches instantly. And trust me, you do not want him to touch water. That is gross. Thunderstruck can absorb and disperse kinetic energy. That is a lot of fun to play with. Benevolent Cardio, we call him Cardo, who can increase his heart rate, which it results in increased bodily functions such as speed, strength, heightened senses even, and trust me, that includes every bodily function, Mr. Pocket said with a wink. Then he walked up to Oculus, and this is my pride and joy, my son Oculus, who has different abilities depending on what colour his eyes are, Mr. Pocket explained. Gambit stood there with a smile on his face. Gambit is impressed. A strong team you have here. Gambit told them. Well, thank you, Mr. Pocket grinned with a slight bow. I guess I should go, but please reconsider. We don't want to make you our enemy. Gambit said. Gambit then turned and walked out of the door, leaving the room. Mr. Pocket grinned and took a drag of a cigar. Well then, boys, we got ourselves a mission. So drink your coffee and get a quick nap, because this one pays big bucks. What are we doing tonight, boss? One-up asked. We've got a kidnapping, folks, and there's a whole bunch of young teen girls who have been abducted and need saving. And get this, one of them is the daughter of the f fucking mayor of the city, Mr. Pocket said with a small grin. The four boys looked at each other, then looked at Mr. Pocket. <laughs> yeah. That means big bucks. <laughs> Thunderstruck called out in glee. Mr. Pocket grinned. Now, we need to be quick. We need to be quiet. We need to be like shadows. But most of all, we need these girls alive, Mr. Pocket told them. Okay, let's go get this done, Octos muttered. Yes, I'm flying the helicopter. Cardo questioned. Mr. Pocket nodded and stood up and walked past his mutant team to gesture them to leave the room. He then placed his hand on his son as Thunderstruck, Nevent Cardio and 1UP left. His son went to follow but Mr. Pocket stopped him. Be careful, son. Oi, wake up, man. We gotta go. We know where those hiring weirdos are going next. The boss wants to make sure we screw it up for them. Come on! Art Close nodded in return and then left to catch up with his team. Back in the apartment, Sabretooth laid there unconscious as Pyro, his fellow brotherhood, nudged him. Oi, wake up, man. We gotta go. We know where those hiring weirdos are going next. The boss wants to make sure we screw it up for them. Come on! Pyro snapped as he kicked the unconscious Sabretooth. Sabretooth grunted in his sleep. Gambit walked up to his car and climbed in and found Rogue sat in the passenger seat. Dad, Mr. Pocket is a stubborn fool, but I know their next mission is to save the mayor's daughter who's been kidnapped with some other teen girls. Gambit told Rogue. And what do you want to do here? Rogue asked. Just keep an eye on them for now, and if we have to get involved, we will. Gambit said, then he sighed and he started the car and they both drove off. Mr. Pocket sat there waiting for the boys to contact him as he counted the money. $17,326. Nicely done, lad. Could have been more. But God help the little guy, I guess. Doesn't help Cardo didn't make a fucking penny. Mr. Pocket sighed with a slight grin. Suddenly, a portal opened, and a young man with short blonde hair with glasses wearing a big black cloak walked out. Mr. Pocket, why are you here? 
You're supposed to be supervising, not getting involved, the cloaked figure asked. Well, one, learn to knock, yeah? Two, like you, don't go around helping out by changing the direction of things, Mr. Pocket growled. I do things to make sure everything happens the way it's supposed to, the cloaked man snapped back. And you sit there in your little dimension, watching your spandex uh, heroes flipping miserable. You gave me this universe to secure its motion so it reaches its timeline point so the multiverse stays secure, didn't you? Now let me do it my way. None of these fools are going to find out. Trust me, Mr. Pocket grinned. I do trust you, Mr. Pocket. You're lucky. Now this universe started with the destruction of a positive force. Did you acquire the pieces to fix it? The man asked. Jesus Christ, call them what they are. Pieces of fallen heroes and villains. The means to make new versions, the next generation, so to speak, of said heroes and villains, Mr. Pocket said. Again, you must not make these villains. This universe has fallen under the negative reign of man and needs a new ray of hope. You must be that beacon that shines that light, the man told him, pointing at him. Suddenly, the portal opened again and the man turned to leave. Hey, William, Mr. Pocket called out. The man known as William turned around to face Mr. Pocket. Next time, knock, Mr. Pocket said with a devilish grin. William smiled, then walked through the portal which closed behind him. William Cranston, you need to loosen up, Mr. Pocket muttered. Suddenly, a bleeping noise came from the table drawer. Mr. Pocket pulled open the drawer and pulled out a small mobile phone. He answered it. Hello, lads. I'll read you loud and clear. Now, let's get this mission done, shall we? Mr. Pocket said as he answered the phone. And there we have it, guys. Mutants for hire. Now, I just want to quickly run down your cast. We have Sabretooth, played by Mark the Red Cornish Ranger, which you can find on TikTok and his podcast on Spotify known as Nursery Comics. We have the cosplay family. Cosplay dude playing Gambit. You can find his story time with Cosplay Dude 67 on Spotify and his TikTok is by the same name. His lovely wife is playing Rogue. His son, Cosplay Son 67, played Pyro. Now we have Jester for Fools on TikTok playing One Up. We have Austin Millen on TikTok playing Thunderstruck. Goose Bruh on TikTok and he plays Benevolent Cardio. And our news reporter is just saying quadruple seven on TikTok. I of course voiced our thug, our drunk man, the police officer, and I made Mr. Pocket and Oculus. If you guys have enjoyed this chapter one of Mutants Fire, please follow everyone on TikTok. Go tell everyone that they're amazing because they are. Go check out the other podcasts that I've mentioned. That's Nerds Through Comics by the Red Cornish Ranger and Cosplay Dude 637. Go check out the Zero to Hero podcast by Billy and Jen, the Balkan Square podcasting. Go check out Ben and the Baker Ranger. And go say hi to everyone and tell everyone that I sent you and let everyone know that they are amazing. I just want to thank our cast one more time. They did a fantastic job and I cannot be prouder of this project. Chapter 2 will come out in about a month's time once I can get all the lines in. I hope everyone has enjoyed this chapter. Thank you all for watching or listening, should I say. I hope you enjoyed and I shall see you guys very soon.